here on the program. James, thanks for being with us on the TD Ameritrade Network this afternoon. Congrats on the deal and the listing. I want you to first introduce your company to our viewers because I read that you're one of the only light rare earth supplier and miners of materials here in the U.S. Is that correct? Hey, so, well, thank you for having me. It's obviously a, an exciting day for us at MP. Uh, so we are the largest producer of rare earth materials in the Western Hemisphere. We're actually the second largest producer in the world. Um, the supply chain for these materials is mainly in China. Uh, and in all, aside from us, all of it is in the Chinese sphere of influence. And for those of you who don't know these materials, they are critical for electric vehicles, wind turbines, drones, robots, pretty much any in defense technologies, pretty much any advanced uh, motion technology of the 21st century, particularly the, those focused on electrification, require our materials. How come you weren't public before this? Seems like you've got your hands in a lot of really important stuff. Absolutely, well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, the, the assets that, that, uh, that are this company were public uh, previously about a decade ago. Uh, that company, um, was really a vision long ahead of its execution. They invested nearly $2 billion in a um, uh, sort of state-of-the-art, environmentally friendly facility on top. One of the things about rare earths that I think people aren't you know, fully aware of is that it's not just sort of a mining business. It's really a specialty material. You know, mining is only 10% of the cost structure. And so to be a producer of rare earths, you have to mine them, but then you also have to take them through the process of, of uh, processing and refining and, you know, a typical rare earth operation, certainly one of our size, requires a billion plus of invested capital. Um, and so anyway, the predecessor entity had some significant execution challenges, uh, then went bankrupt. And, you know, I founded MP Materials in 2017, buying those assets, which at the time were in care maintenance. Um, you know, frankly, I think people uh, were did not believe for the most part that um, this site could be successful because it had had so many challenges. Uh, and Chinese competition was was you know very extreme. Uh, we've taken my team and I have taken this site from eight people uh, when it was in care maintenance three years ago to north of 270 employees. As I said, second largest producer in the world, profitable, and now uh, very proud to say we're an NYSE listed company. Now, why the SPAC format with Fortress Value, which did the merger, as we call it here in this situation, why not do this on your own? Was this just a quicker way, a more efficient way? Did you get more money this way? Yeah, so um, obviously SPACs are very topical. Um, we originally set out to do an IPO, but whether it's an IPO or a SPAC, um, the, the goal is to get public and raise, raise capital. Um, and when we, we considered the SPAC, we, you know, we had a great partner in Fortress, and we were able to get to market um, quicker uh, with more certainty around the capital that we believed we would raise and the, and the valuation. And we were able to bring you know, some, some outstanding um, institutional blue chip investors over the wall. Uh, as you may have seen, uh, Slaypath Capital, Leon Cooperman, uh, and Chamath Palo Pattaya were leaders in our pipe transaction amongst a number of sort of you know, great institutions. And so the SPAC is, is a structure that really does enable a little bit more opportunistic structuring around getting to public in a quicker way. And, uh, you know, I'll say very bluntly, I think that when you look back a few years from now, there's going to be a number of, of sort of SPAC companies that went public that were, you know, uh, either overvalued or failed to execute. But there will also be a number of IPOs that were either overvalued or, or failed to execute. And, you know, ultimately, once you're public, you know, today we're an NYSE listed company. It doesn't matter how we got here. Uh, we have to execute. We have to 
um, you know, we have to produce cash flow for for our investors. And, you know, that's what we intend to do is execute going forward. And so, you know, MP is now an NYSE listed company, just like any other. Let's talk about the execution and the plan to bring this metals supply chain and rare earth business and trade to the U.S. According to Bloomberg, about 80 percent of these products right now are imported from China. So can you take that market share on your own from free market dynamics? Does it make sense? Will you have the demand here that you need or do you need partnerships and support from a government in the next administration? Well, Let's remember that, um, you know, and it doesn't matter the name, pick your iconic company, Tesla, GM, Apple, anybody who's buying these products, they're buying them in China today. They're buying probably 100% uh, in China. And so our goal at MP Materials is to restore the full rare supply chain here to the United States of America. We want Tesla, Apple on down to be able to buy uh, magnets here in the continental United States. We want to create, uh, you know, American manufacturing jobs. And, and rec- remember that, you know, let's just take the electric vehicle industry. Uh, that alone, the auto supply chain is 10 to 14 million jobs. It's hundreds of billions of dollars of GDP. It's the single largest private employer in our country. It's very important that we have supply chain reliance here. And so we, you know, we are profitable today, but we've committed. We have, you know, as a result of this, we now have 500 million plus of cash on our balance sheet. We're equitized. So, you know, no debt. And we've committed to invest to continue to move downstream. Um, we'll be making separated rare earth products soon, and then we'll move into magnetics. And so our mission as a company is to provide a domestic solution to the U.S. Um, and, and other Western or, or you know, frankly, non-Chinese companies in particular, but, but any company globally that wants to have a Western Hemisphere solution for these products. And, and by the way, I would tell you, this is, you know, you know I'm a big believer in, in death taxes and cycles, if you will. Um, I think people don't fully appreciate the scale of the upcycle that is to come in these materials across the electrification supply chain. You know, last year there were roughly two million electric vehicles produced. I think we're, you know, uh, Elon Musk himself tweeted, whether you agree with him or not, um, there's going to be 30 million EVs produced globally in six or seven years. When you think about the scale, that means that the, the magnetics industry, the rare earth industry, these are, you know, 10 to 15 baggers in the coming five or 10 years. Mm. And so we need a lot of supply of this stuff. And, you know, the good news is, um, you know, Chinese industry, American industry, we can all be winners because this is a, you know, this is the new bull market. The material space, um, you know, really should should benefit um, in, in the coming years because there's hundreds of billions of dollars of capital going into uh, the electrification space. And so, you know, we just need to execute uh, and to create a lot of value for our investors. James, to that point about that new uh, market and that new bull market from an investing standpoint, investors and traders that have been in electric vehicle or just green energy type companies, uh, they expect pretty big returns. They're used to seeing companies that do 20, 30, 40, sometimes up to 100% growth on the top line over short periods of time on an annual basis. We've seen this pretty standard. What does a materials company uh, offer from a growth rate perspective? Can you give me an idea what you've told investors what to expect over, say, the next year, what you've been able to do so far in terms of top-line growth? Sure. Well, there's a lot of speculation right now because I think clearly, you know, we, we all recognize, we all see this growth wave coming. What I would do, I, I would say, though, to your, to your clients, I would caution you all um, to, you know, to recognize that there's a lot of speculation in this space. And when it comes to, you know, electric vehicles or electrification in general, 
You have competitive risks. So, you know, Tesla versus GM versus Fisker versus Nikola. You know, so you have OEMs competing against each other. And then you also have technology risk. You know, will, will the batteries, what mix of lithium and other materials will it have? Um, will it be hydrogen, fuel cell, solid state capacitors? You know, there's, mm. there's technology risk and there's competition risk. Sure. What we have at MP Materials, though, is we're really, you know, there's an old-fashioned term, a picks and shovels play. If you think about the 19th century gold rush, you know, the people who sold the picks and shovels were the ones who got rich or more recently, um, you know, Intel inside. You know, who knew who, whether it was Dell or digital equipment or whomever was going to sell you a computer, but Intel was going to be inside. Right. We believe that rare earth magnetics are kind of like that for the electrification boom, regardless of how the energy gets to the motor. Um, you know, uh, magnetics is going to be key to this future. And so, you know, we think we're a true picks and shovels play. And on top of all that, you know, we, we're sort of levered to the upside of this electrification movement, but we also aren't capital markets reliant. So a lot of these companies coming public and particularly in the SPAC space, you know, they, they still need to raise capital. And, you know, that can be sort of very levered one way or, you know, to the upside or downside. Right. The good news about our company is we believe we have the upside leverage to the price and the, you know, the tra industrial transformation of our company. But we're also a cash flowing asset today with no debt on our balance sheet. You know, it's a hard asset. So if we do have some kind of market regime change or something, you know, we have the downside protection of being so able to execute. You've got that buffer. James, we're out of time. Before we go, have you given yeah. expectations for what growth to expect over, have you given guidance to investors? Um, so as part of our whole process, I encourage you, we, we have put out numbers in our, you know, if you go to the investor relations of our website of mpmaterials.com, um, there's a lot of detail on there in our investor presentations, as well as a cool video on our homepage. So there's a lot of info out there for people. So I, I would just recommend the best thing to do is to go, you know, look at what we've put in writing.